Hello and welcome to another episode of the History Revision podcast. So far a lot of our focus of these podcasts and of the GCC course have been on the Cold War and its impact in Europe. However, we also need to understand how the Cold War spread to Asia, making it a global conflict. Communism in China, Korea and Vietnam could well be a factor you're asked to write about in question four, but it could also appear in any of the shorter questions. It wasn't so long ago that there was a question on uh, China and the Soviet Union's new relationship in the first how do you know question on one of the GC papers. So understanding the events surrounding the US and Soviet involvement in these countries is very important. I'm going to deal with each country in turn. So let's start with China. So having been embroiled in a civil war since 1946, following the breakdown of the wartime alliance between the nationalists and the communists, the result of this civil war was that in 1949, the communists under leader Mao Zedong had gained the upper hand and on the 1st of October 1949 declared the People's Republic of China. Now this was a real concern for the US as a united communist China and the Soviet Union would present a formidable opponent, not just in terms of the scale of each nation, uh, the resources it had available to it, but also in terms of manpower. You had two of the most populous nations in the world uh, now potentially allied. The result of that could tip the whole region towards communism uh, and indicated a failure of the policy of containment laid out in the Truman Doctrine, especially when you consider that the Americans had supported the nationalists under Chiang Kai-shek during that civil war. Now, perhaps unsurprisingly, China drifted towards the Soviet Union following, following Mao's declaration of the PRC, uh, especially as the USSR was the only country to recognize the communist government that was created in 1949. The result of this, or the most tangible result of this, was the Treaty of Friendship, which amongst other things gave 300 million of aid to China, although they did have to pay this with very high interest. 8,000 Chinese students were allowed to study science and technology in the USSR. 20,000 experts were sent to China to aid its development. Uh, but China also had to give two of its major ports and rights to mine in the Jiangjing territory to the Soviet Union. So clearly, when you think about the terms of this uh, Treaty of Friendship, the Soviet Union are the major winners of this deal. They gained politically the spread of communism, they gained economically with the loans that had to be repaid, and they also gained strategically with access to two major World War ports. Let's not forget that the Soviet Union, most of its ports uh, are frozen over for large parts of the year. Now, the US were understandably alarmed by these events, and NSC 68 demonstrated how seriously they took this expansion of communism. The National Security Council Resolution 68, or NSC 68, re-emphasized American commitment to containing communism and increased its military spending. And that demonstrates how events in China led to increased tension as a Soviet, as US reaction indicated they were preparing for war to prevent the spread of communism further. This helps to explain why the US were so ready and willing to involve themselves in Korea. So moving on then, let's think about Korea. So since the end of World War II, Korea had been divided along the 38th parallel in a similar way to Germany's division into East and West following the Berlin blockade and airlift. America and the Soviet Union were supporting the leaders in their respective sides, with Stalin backing Kim Il-sung in the north and the US backing Tsing Nam Rae in the south. 
With growing tension between each side, the North invaded the South in June 1950. Now, I'm not going to go through every phase of the war in detail. There's a great timeline of it on page 41 of your textbooks. However, it's useful to understand that initially the North made significant inroads following their invasion, forcing the Southern armies to an area around Pusan. Uh, the South counterattacked, backed by US and UN forces, forcing the Northern Army to the border of China. That uh, prompted Chinese involvement because they were worried about an American invasion of uh, China, with both sides then fighting to a stalemate back around the 38th parallel by June 1951. So we've had a year of intense fighting, both sides on top at one various stage or another, but then we get this return to essentially where we started back on the 38th parallel a year later. You then have two years of stalemate uh, before peace is ultimately signed in July 1953, with the country continuing to remain divided. So why is Korea significant? Well, it's the first example of a proxy war between the two superpowers. Um, it's also a situation where the US is able to manipulate the UN to support the South as USSR was boycotting the UN following uh, most nations of refusal to accept Mao's China. And that meant the US could not be accused of working on its own. It had some legitimacy or some legitimate claims to be in the right in its actions because those actions were backed by the UN. It's also significant because there was a significant and real threat of the conflicts becoming nuclear. General MacArthur, who was this enigmatic, brilliant and controversial leader in Korea, had raised the prospect of using tactical nuclear weapons and as a result was fired by Truman. Uh, and that had a, a real, well, it dramatically increased tensions between the two sides because now both seem to be contemplating the use of nuclear weapons on the Korean peninsula. It's also important because the US found it difficult to keep the war small scale and the conflict quickly snowballed, bringing in China and other countries. This inability to keep the conflict small and deliver a quick victory was not a lesson learned, uh, as in Vietnam, America was once again drawn into an even longer term conflict that ultimately proved fruitless. Finally, it demonstrated the importance of China becoming communists. Their involvement tipped the conflict back in favour of the North and showed they could be a major player in world affairs. So Korea is a very significant moment in the Cold War, the first major conflict involving both superpowers since the end of World War II, and one that drew in soldiers from around the world, including to countries such as Britain, Australia, and of course, China, demonstrating how quickly those conflicts could escalate. Finally then, we move on to Vietnam. The conflict is too broad and complicated to be included in full on the course, so I'll keep this section as brief as I can. So much like Korea, Vietnam had involved in, in conflict after World War II with Ho Chi Minh, the leader of the Viet Minh, fighting the French who were attempting to re-establish a colony in the region. Ho Chi Minh declared the North uh, the Democratic Republic of Vietnam in 1950, and following the defeat of the French at Dien Bien Phu in 1954, it was agreed in Geneva in July 1954 that Vietnam would be divided in much the same way as Korea had this time along the 17th parallel. The US were at this meeting but refused to sign the agreement. Due to the, uh, due to the growing belief in something known as the domino theory, a belief that if one country in the region fell to communism, they would all fall, like, line, like dominoes lined up and collapsing. 
Amer Amer successive American presidents from Eisenhower to Kennedy to Johnson poured money and men and resources into Vietnam to try and defeat the North. However, the guerrilla tactics of the Viet Cong support supplied on the Ho Chi Minh line, or Ho Chi Minh Trail, sorry, and the brutal rule of the South Vietnamese president meant that the US involvement did not produce the desired results. It did demonstrate America's commitment to containment, but the policy ultimately failed in Vietnam, with the country falling to Ho Chi Minh in the 1970s. It's useful to understand that US efforts to curb the spread of communism were ongoing, lasting decades. However, their fears expressed in the domino theory never really bore out, as the rest of the region did not fall to communism, along with the north of Korea and obviously the entirety of Vietnam. So overall, events in Asia were significant as communism was shown to be appealing and consequently spread to new regions. Some of those territories, most notably China, would become major powers in international relations and had an immediate impact in Korea, providing crucial support when it seemed the North would fall. Korea and Vietnam are examples of proxy wars, proxy wars sorry, with the US and USSR competing for influence and control in territories by fighting through others to avoid a direct conflict. The Cold War heated up in these moments, but it still never became a hot, direct conflict between America and the Soviet Union. Thanks for listening.